So this morning, before we get into the teaching, Ben, you can just hit that next one. We're going to do a little interview with Sarah McCrow. Come on up, Sarah. And Sarah worked all night and was willing to come here just for this. She's awesome. Okay, so relax. Just answer as honest as you can. Okay? I'm usually too honest. You're you're amongst family and friends. So when you first became pregnant, not now, but when you first became pregnant, what were some of the early signs, what were some of the noticeable changes in your life physically? What were some of those things that you physically you went through? Overwhelming exhaustion. Exhaustion, good. Like looking at Kevin and being like, a nap now. Like <laughs> wherever we are, I need a nap. And I'm not the type of person to leave a party or anything to go sleep. I missed a concert that we had tickets for for months because I had to sleep. Wow. Yeah. What else physical was happening back then? Um, not a lot. I wasn't sick. I wasn't too bad. Okay. What about emotionally back then? Emotionally. What were some of the things your mind went through? Um... Excitement, really excited, happy. It's something I wanted to do my whole life. Just, but also anticipation and maybe a little bit of worry, like how our lives going to change and what's going to happen. How am I going to carry a baby in a car seat up three flights of stairs because we lived on the third floor? <laughs> Stuff like that. Okay. What about now? Nine months in, what's the physical change has been like? Obviously, the tummy has changed quite a bit. Yes. What else has gone on? Swelling in my ankle. Swelling in the ankle. <laughs> Back pain. Back pain. <clears throat> How's sleeping going for you? Okay, you guys just have to get up and go to the bathroom all the time. That's because inside everything's... Right. Yep, you have a baby head on your bladder. Doesn't go over very well. Doesn't go over well. Did it change your whole wardrobe? Yes. So these aren't the clothes you wear when you're not pregnant? No, I'm down to like three pairs of pants. Awesome. Emotionally, how's it been right now? Well, I cried all last week through church. That was fun. Um, (laughs) Had an emotional week at work. just kind of like on edge, knowing that we have three beautiful children. A, how could God give us another one? Just an amazing thing to think about. And just how is everybody going to adjust and cope and handle it? All over the place? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're amongst family and friends. you be all over the place. How's, how have there been some changes in the family? Has there been yet? Any of the kids been a little different lately? Well, Daisy's a planner, so the <clears throat> possibility of this happening at any moment, any time, is not good for her. Um, but that's not really surprising. That's just how she is. And... Um, just a combination of everyone like wanting my attention at times and then other times being totally like 
almost freaked out about the way I look and act and <laughs> all that. It's like, oh, don't bother mom. And then sometimes they're all on me at once, anticipating that something's going to happen. Okay. And how has it been with Kevin through this pregnancy process? <laughs> you can't give help here. <laughs> I'm asking her the questions. Um, anybody that knows Kevin and I knows that I'm the crazy one, and he's I'm the dog at the end of the chain barking, and he's the stake in the ground. Wow. So he's my rock in a sense, kind of keeps me grounded. Exactly what I needed. <laughs> What have you been doing to get ready for this baby's arrival? Washing some clothes. We don't know what the baby is, so they're all, like, cream or yellow or green, which isn't really a lot of fun, but it's still fun to fold little baby clothes and show the kids. And we rearranged her bedroom because the baby will be with us for a while. Um, and now I'm getting ready for Christmas because I know that I'm not going to be able to do all the Christmas stuff that I usually do this year. So the tree's up, the house is decorated on the outside, partially on the inside, and making meals to freeze. And okay. Now, for those of us who don't have any idea, try to describe what labor and delivery are like. <laughs> Does this thing just make its way out by itself, or no. what goes on? There are no slides, right? No Um, I kind of think of it as like working so hard. It's so much work to have a baby. It's so rewarding. It can be very emotional. It can be very frustrating. Um, there's no right or wrong way to necessarily have a baby. Um, sometimes you're in control of how things go, but a lot of times either the baby's in control or your body is. Um, it's really odd. It's painful? Yes, for most people. <laughs> I don't consider it to be really painful, but it's just a whole other so it's safe to say your life has radically changed because of this. Mm-hmm. What changes do you expect after this baby comes? I don't know. Um, it'll be a lot harder to get out of the house with four children. Kevin already stated that he doesn't know where he'll take four children because this is <laughs> No, he'll go there. So, but <laughs> you, um, leaving the house with three kids is hard enough when they're all running in different directions. At least the baby's like in a carrier with Clarence, and it's a little easier. Um, I think initially it'll be hard for Kevin and I because I he'll take care of the older ones, and I'm kind of glued to this little baby that needs me almost constantly. So there's a little bit of a division and, you know, divide and conquer in a good way, but then just your focus is different. Excellent. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing with us this morning.
So are we as individuals and as a community ready and willing to go through what Sarah is going through? And that's an honest, serious question even for the men. Are we ready to have our lives as we know them shattered, radically changed, thrown into complete flux? And I ask this question because I'm pretty sure this is at the heart of Advent. Advent with a small a means arrival. With a capital A, it means the coming of the Christ child. Now, I know it's the most wonderful time of the year. Wreaths and trees and cookies and presents and lights and roast beast and eggnog and packages, boxes and bags. And even for those of us who push into the Christian side of this story, it's filled with carols and bells and nativity scenes, silent nights and candles, scripture readings and midnight mass and the celebration of the birth of the Christ child. But that's just it. It's the birth of the Christ child. And as Patricia Gillespie so brilliantly reminds us, in this pregnancy, we are not the much-loved and protected baby being given life. We are the workers, the laborers who give birth. In the coming of God's kingdom, we are not so much to be rescued and loved as to be rescuers and lovers. I love that quote. So, are we ready? Are we willing for that? See, there's a strange tension at this time of Advent. We have the important but relatively safe celebration of Jesus coming in the past history. And we have the just as important but also relatively safe expectation of Jesus coming again in the future. And in tension with these past and future glances... We have the now of our lives. The now of the kingdom of God coming. And I personally think this is the most important element of the Advent and Christmas season. It demands that we consider the now, right now. It demands that we realize that the story of the birth of Christ in the past and the story of Christ coming again in the future are ultimately stories that should inform that reality in our lives right now. Right now. See, without this tension, it's too easy to wax romantic while we sing our carols of peace on earth, goodwill to men, and we read our scriptures telling us that the birth of Christ filled every valley and leveled every mountain and straightened every path, smoothed every road and brought salvation to all. It allows us to sit in the glow of our Christmas trees, sipping mulled cider and thanking God, that mess has been taken care of and peace has come. Without this tension, it's also too easy to quietly and effortlessly wait for the Lord to come again, to make to take away our pain, our tears, our sufferings. To do as St. John said, make all things new. It allows us to sit in the glow of our own complacency, thinking, oh well, God will come and set things right. He'll take care of the injustices and evils in this world. 
And please don't misunderstand me here. There is an absolute beauty to the celebration of the historical birth of Christ. There is a wonder and joy to be found in the angel's proclamation that a Savior has been born in Bethlehem for us. In a few hours, I'm going to be sitting. I talked about that service already, but I'll be there tonight, and I will cry as I celebrate this beautiful time of year. I love it. And there is also a wonder and profound hope to be had knowing and trusting that Christ is coming again, and hate will finally lose and love will finally win. I'm not saying we should not participate in this celebration and in this expectation, but what really matters is the now. Now. The coming of Christ now. Are we ready? Are we willing? For we know the world is not at peace. We know all things have not been made new. We know salvation has not yet been seen by all. And we need to take note, careful note, of what Jesus himself said when we see the signs of his coming. Stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. This is not sit down and wait. This is get involved. Compare this to what the archangel Gabriel said to Mary. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call him Jesus. This is certainly not sit down and wait. This is get involved. This is get pregnant and give birth. This is have your life turned upside down, O oh, teenage virgin Mary without a husband. Have fun with that pregnancy. This is radical change. We heard Sarah talk about Gillespie again. When God decided to tell us what it's like to have God come into our life, we are not told a story of a conquering king. God tells a story of birth. Birth is what it's like for God's kingdom to come. Hard work is one of the things Sarah said. It's a lot of hard work and tears, fear and hope. The birth of a child changes everything. Radical change, surprise, earth-shaking, all-consuming, and nothing is the same. The world needs Christ. We, as people, are pregnant with Christ. See, that's God's work. That is the free gift of God. We can do nothing to earn that. He loves us and therefore exercises all His grace towards us. He impregnates us with His Son. But now, now, can we bring this Christ into the world that so desperately needs Him? Or we will just stay at that third day of conception and let it be at that. Can we allow the swollen hands and feet, the morning sickness, the midnight craving? Will we get new wardrobes, renovate the house, 
make room for a child? Can we endure the sweat and tears and pain of delivery? Will we handle 2 a.m. feedings? Will we sacrifice our desires for the child's needs? Will we order our lives around him? But before our minds run to how we can get busy and start thinking of missions and ministries and Bible studies and soup kitchens, eh, those are all good things, but I don't think they radically change our lives. When we're honest with ourselves, we know there are people in our lives right now who need our time. Oh, but we're so busy. And we're so tired at the end of the long week in a work day. There are people in our lives right now who need our resources. Oh, but it's such a horrible economy. I'm just getting by as it is. There are people in our lives right now that need our help. And they need our friendship. And I'm not talking about the easy ones. I'm not talking about the ones we love to be with. And I'm not talking about the spare change in our coffee cup holders in the car. The spare dollars in our savings account. The excess in our 401ks. And I'm certainly not talking about the extra few minutes we can spare or the friendly smile we can always muster. I'm talking about serious and at times agonizingly painful work and sacrifice. And then if we're honest, we can go deeper about birthing this Christ. Because we all have at least those of us who have lived long enough. People in our lives right now who need our forgiveness. People who need our mercy. People who need our grace. And certainly people who need our love. And again, I'm not talking about the easy one. talking about forgiveness that hurts because you have to work at it and scream and cry and push to forgive people that hurt you. Talking about mercy that comes through a lot of tears. Grace that requires great sacrifice. Great sacrifice love that changes everything. Love that changes our lives in order to give. Are we ready? Are we willing for that? Notice Mary's response to the question. And I love that Robin sang her song. Robin told me this morning when she got here she was singing that song today. And I was already ready to talk about this. This was Mary's answer to that question. Be it done according to your word. O foolish Mary. (laughs) Teenager, typical, speak before she thinks. I have one of those. 
Love you, honey. Love you. See, let's not sanitize Mary's story. Let's not make it a Hallmark card. It wasn't. In one simple statement of surrender, she invited into her life an illegitimate pregnancy and all the shame and humiliation that go along with that. And in her time and culture, even the risk of death. A birth in a barn with a struggling carpenter as her midwife. Can I be a midwife, sir? How would that go? <laughs> a flight in the middle of the night to live as refugees in a far land. And when she returned home, she had to endure the looks and words that mothers of bastard sons received in those days. And then she had to watch her son die, and she had to bury him. Yet despite the agonizingly painful journey, her surrender to it brought salvation to the world. Are we ready for that? If you're like me, you're more like the guy in the video that's saying, Joseph, better you than me. But as we observe Advent, as we celebrate Christmas, it is my prayer and my hope that all of us will be able to say the same as Mary. Because see, here's the great mystery of all these mysteries we contemplate at this time of year. When we allow ourselves to birth the Christ, not only does it bring peace on our little bit of earth, not only does it bring goodwill to people in our little lives. But it really is for us the filling of our valleys, the leveling of our mountains, the straightening of our paths, the smoothing of our roads, and we get to see the salvation of the Lord. Because as hard and painful and life-changing as giving birth to Christ is, as living out this radical change, I think it's exactly what we were made for. And maybe we'll discover suffering isn't something to be shunned and escaped. Something to participate in the salvation of the world with a suffering God. By God's grace, might we be ready, might we be willing this Advent season. Amen.